You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany. And welcome back. You are listening to The Social Workers radio talk show here on WCDB Albany. My name is Eric Hardiman, and I'm your regular co-host. We're here with my also regular co-host, Alyssa Lotmore. Welcome back, Alyssa. Hey, Eric. Uh, we've got a great show lined up today. We are very excited. We've got a special guest live here in the studio with us for our first segment. And our guest is Jennifer Harvey today. Jennifer Harvey is the education specialist at the Eddie Alzheimer's Services. She has been with EAS since 2016 and helped to develop their current programming under the Alzheimer's Caregiver Support Initiative from the New York State Department of Health. Jennifer has a master's degree in social work from the University at Albany, you're an alum, that's great, and a bachelor's degree in special education from the College of St. Rose. She has experience in education, long-term care, adult day services, management, program development, and caregiver support services. Finally, Jennifer is a certified dementia practitioner and trainer. That's quite an impressive uh, resume there, and we're very excited to have you on the show, Jennifer. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, Jennifer, let's start off by just telling us a little bit about your agency and the services that you provide. Okay, great. So as Eric um, mentioned, we are funded by the New York State Department of Health Caregiver Support Initiative. That's our primary funding. Um, and so our core services under that funding um, are um, care consultations and family consultations for family caregivers. Again, it's a caregiver support, so we're focused on caregivers. Um, education, support groups, we have a really strong respite program. Um, we help to connect people with respite agencies, but also we have volunteer care teams who can provide um, volunteer respite. Um, those are our core services. And again, our focus is those caregivers of people with dementia. So the focus sounds like it's less on, on the individuals with dementia and more on their loved ones, family members, people who might typically be caregivers. Right, yeah. I mean, there's so many people who are impacted by this disease that it's not just the person with the disease. So, um, you know, the state with this initiative was really recognizing that and saying, we know that when we care for the caregivers and we take good care of them, they're going to take be able to take better care of the people that they're that they're caring for with the disease. I see. And and so, you know, for someone who's listening in the audience and maybe um, not as familiar with the ins and outs of Alzheimer's disease and its effects on caregivers, what are some of the common sort of uh, experiences that a caregiver might go through? Yeah, well, we know that um, caregiving for a person with dementia is a kind of across the board more challenging than caring for an older adult without dementia. Hmm. Um, we know that in general, um, these caregivers are going to do more of the financial management, the medical management, um, the day day to day management of that person's um, life and well-being. We know that they're also going to end up eventually probably helping with more activities of daily living. Um, so things like bathing, toileting, sure. dressing um, over the course of the disease. So we know that it is really, really challenging and it takes a lot of time, effort, commitment. 
yeah, and and they get burned out. And I would imagine patience. And a lot of patience. Yeah. Yeah. And it also sounds like that's a set of skills that maybe not everybody has at the beginning. That you yeah. know, when a loved one is diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, uh, that that's a new role that a caregiver might have. It yeah. might might be the first time they've provided this kind of care. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's a whole set of issues around that, around how to help someone learn new skills. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So social workers are in a lot of different settings, and I'm guessing there's a pretty big social work presence in your agency. Can you tell us a little bit about the role of the social worker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're actually really, really lucky that we have um, a lot of social workers on staff. So there are six of us out of, I think our team is 11. <laughs> um, so we are, there's a lot of us. Um, I always like to say that four out of six of us are um, IAP graduates at the School of Social Welfare, and actually five out of six of us are School of Social Welfare grads. So, so, so you say IAP? Can you say? Can you tell the yes. listeners what that stands yes, for? Yes, that's the Internships and Aging Project uh, here at the School okay. of Social Welfare. Yeah. So I always like to point that out. Um, so because we have chosen to specialize in gerontology mm-hmm. and working with older adults, mm-hmm. and so the fact that we're all together is is really a nice a nice group. Um, and I believe that was your specialization when you were in the yes. MSW program? That's right. So what got you interested in working with the older population with uh, gerontology? I actually have a really interesting story of how I <laughs> ended up in social work. Um, I got my bachelor's in special education. So, you know, when you're 18 years old and you decide, I like to help people and I like kids, so I guess I'll just be a teacher. <laughs> um, but um, after teaching for a few years, I realized I needed some kind of a change, um, discovered social work kind of haphazardly um, decided to get my MSW and my first year internship was at an assisted living locally and I just fell in love with the population and my supervisor encouraged me to kind of make that my focus I did and I haven't turned back that's that's my my people now (laughs) yeah great great so your agency also takes students, sometimes IAP students who are currently in the program under the direction of Linda Mertz, who coordinates the program. Can you tell us a little bit about the student experience? Because this is a setting that some students might not have worked with this population and they might not be sure what to do because there's a medical component. There's also the social work component. Can you talk a little bit about how you introduce students to this this field, this population? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We love having interns. Um, it's a really great experience because they're, we all do something a little bit different. Um, we have social workers who work directly with the caregivers. We have social workers who work directly with the people with the disease. Um, we've expanded our services, so now we're able to support people who are living alone with the disease. Um, we provide education, so there's opportunities to, to learn how to educate not only the caregivers, but larger groups of professional caregivers and family caregivers caregivers. Um, We also do a rotation with our day program. So um, the students have an opportunity to work directly with older adults who may have dementia, but may also have a lot of other health um, and mental health concerns. Sure, sure. So students can expect to to really get some really good hands-on experience working with uh, folks that have Alzheimer's disease, but Mm -hmm. also with caregivers, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Now, it seems like your agency is doing some great work. Are there any accomplishments? I, I'm sure there's many, but the things that stood out to you about your agency or one of the reasons maybe why you chose to work for this agency because there's a lot of different programs out there for individuals. What are some things about the Eddie that stands out to you? 
Um, so one of the just greatest accomplishments of Eddie Alzheimer's services is how much we've grown um, over the course of just a few years. Um, so I'm really proud of the fact that we're always looking at ways we can expand our services. Um, we're also really creative in terms of thinking about all of the needs of the caregiver. So there's those practical needs that they have, but there's also, um, you know, the emotional and the spiritual and all of those needs that they also come with. So, you know, this spring we're doing a caregiver retreat. Um, we've expanded some of our groups and we're doing, you know, kind of more interesting um, support groups. We have an ambiguous loss support group. Um, we have a mind body skills group that one of our social workers leads. Um, we're looking for opportunities for joint enrichment. So, um, times that our caregivers can come with their loved one who has the disease to a safe place and be able to spend time and make new memories with them. Um, so I'm just really proud that we have a group that's always looking at the needs of the caregivers as they come up and then saying, well, what can we do to address that need? Mm -hmm. um, and we're lucky that that we have the flexibility and the the kind of openness to, to be able to do that. So you mentioned a lot of different uh, ancillary supports and program services that you have. Uh, one of the ones you mentioned was Ambiguous Loss, a group mm -hmm. for that focuses on that. Can you explain for listeners what that means and sort of what that concept is? Yeah, so the concept of Ambiguous Loss is that um, it's it's not it's the difference between um, a concrete loss that we can kind of name and and deal with and the idea of this ongoing loss um, and that's really what dementia is that there's a series of losses um, that we sometimes don't even realize where we're grieving as mm. we're grieving them and yet still having to care for that person um, who we're grieving so that that idea um, of not being able to really name these losses that I'm experiencing, but but fe having the feelings that go along with that. Um, and so this group really addresses, you know, what is it like to be grieving and caring at the same time? So for those listening, I mean, you're talking about a lot of services that your agency provides. What is the best way for individuals to might want to find out more or say, hey, this is the service that I might be benefit from or my loved one might benefit from? How can they, what's the best way for them to contact you? So the best way to contact us is to call our main number, um, and that's 518-238-4164. Um, Sarah will answer the phone. I hope she doesn't mind me calling her out, <laughs> but we're a small team. Um, and then they can say, you know, hey, I heard about this service. Who can you connect me with? We like to start with a care consultation just so we can get to know the person in their situation. And then from there, we, you know, we'll, we'll shuffle them out to all those other services and we also refer them to other community services sure. you know we're not just about what we can provide but what you know other agencies um, in the area can provide for them too so you mentioned that you have six social workers on staff and then you've also got student interns so you've got a, a, yeah. a you know a nice workforce there um, I would imagine this type of work helping caregivers and helping people that have uh, the diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease can be stressful itself, the mm -hmm. work, and it, it can take a toll on the social worker or even on the student intern. Can you talk a little bit about maybe how that's, how staff are supported and what are some of the things staff can do uh, when they are stressed out with providing these, uh, these services? 
Yeah, well, we're really good at supporting each other. So we take time to go into each other's offices and close the door and say, oh, I'm struggling with this situation and I just need to talk about it. You know, we, we talk with our caregivers sometimes. They'll say, I, I feel bad that I'm, you know, laughing about this situation or, or you know, and, and we say, no, sometimes you have to laugh, you know. So we try to laugh. We try to, you know, make make situations a little lighter when we can. Um we we try to take time for ourselves, you know, outside of work, whether it be together or with our family and loved ones. Um, we have a really supportive work environment. Um, so we have opportunities to sort of take a break, take a breather, um, go for a walk. And that's really encouraged, um, which I know you don't see everywhere, but we are really, really lucky that we have that. Sounds like a nice place to work. Yes, it is. And it's full of a lot of our alums, so that's, a, that's also a positive. So is there anything that you'd like to leave us with in terms of individuals who might be going through this process? But you said, you just said, you know, it's okay to laugh sometimes. It's okay mm-hmm. to, you're not alone in this process. Is there anything for those listening who might be going through this and they might not have this support system set up yet? What, is there anything that you'd like to leave with them as since you've been so familiar with working with the families and individuals? Yeah. Um, there are as many people as we help and as busy as we are, we know there's so many people out there who are still doing this alone. And we always just say to people, please just connect with us. Um, this is a good place to say, I should have said it before, but all of our services are free. Mm. So, um, you know, we always say it can't hurt to just come and talk to one of us for a little while. It doesn't have to go any further than that. Um, but just to, just to talk and have that initial conversation and know I'm not alone. I have somebody I can now call when I'm struggling or when I have questions. Um, that would be the biggest thing. Don't, don't do it alone. Don't stay in, you know, in the bubble of just you and this person you're caring for because you you will burn out if mm-hmm. you don't have some of those outlets and, and other people to support you. So your job title is education specialist. And, and, you know, it seems like you certainly know a lot about this disease and its impact on individuals, on families, on caregivers. Uh, what are some of the public uh, misconceptions or stereotypes about Alzheimer's disease that maybe... Uh, need to be counteracted a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of stigma around dementia. You know, people don't want to talk about it. Um, people start to maybe see these cha- these cognitive changes in themselves and they try to hide them. They don't want people to know about them because there is a stigma attached to it. Um, people don't get diagnosed as much as they you know, should, um, or as early as they should, because we know when, when folks get diagnosed, they can get the help that they need. Um, there's a lot of denial for the person with the disease as well as their family members. Um, and there's also a lot of people still who think that dementia is a normal part of aging, that as I get older, I should just expect to get dementia. And while age is the greatest risk factor for developing dementia, it's not a normal part of aging. You know, we can expect certain cognitive changes just like we can expect certain physical changes as we age. Um, but having a disease like Alzheimer's disease is not a normal part of aging. Mm-hmm. So we want to try to change that and people know that if I'm experiencing these changes, something could be wrong and I really should 
get the help and support that I need. Yeah. And part of the role of social work, I mean, we've talked about this on the show, uh, and even even with our radio show, but in, in social work in general, one of the roles is to educate, whether yeah. that's educating families, whether that's educating people who are diagnosed with, with certain illnesses, diseases, conditions, or educating the public at large. And mm-hmm. I, I think uh, it sounds like that's a role that you've embraced and, and really enjoyed. I mean, you've been... Um, certified as a dementia trainer Mm -hmm. you are an education specialist and so that that role of being not just a social worker in terms of helping people but also an educator yeah that's a big part of what i what i do now um, is training professional caregivers as well as family caregivers and i find that having that social work background in the training is really a, a strength it really helps me to talk to people not just about the practical and hey here's the information about the disease and this is what you should do but about why it's so important um talking about emotional health as well as the you know the physical um health so yeah it's it's really important Great. Well, it's, some, it's very important work. We're glad that you're doing it. If you've just tuned in, we've been interviewing Jennifer Harvey from the Eddie Alzheimer's Services here in Albany. And uh, it's been a great interview, uh, learning about Alzheimer's Services, particularly for caregivers in the Albany Capital District. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alyssa? No, I just want to thank you for your services that you do with the community, but also as an alum coming back, being on our radio show, your agency seems to support a lot of the alums or they're attracted to your program. So I want to thank you for the work that you do, but also as an alum, giving back and sharing education with our students, with our our community uh, through our radio, our school's radio show. So I do want to thank you about that. And congratulations on all the success that you're having with your, I'm glad you're not a special ed teacher, I should say, but you seem to be making a lot of power. Powerful impact and doing great work as a social worker. And just as a follow-up, April is Community Engagement Month here at the university, and that's part of this process uh, for our radio show, but also for the social work profession at large, is how to engage with the community and partially through your education, but also through your work with families and caregivers, and and certainly your work with our students here at the University of Albany, you are demonstrating with us how to engage with a community partner, and so how the university can work with the Eddie, um, with your program, with your services, with your agency to really uh, engage in a more meaningful way, and so that's that's something that we're really thankful for. Thank you. Great. So uh, we hope you've enjoyed this interview. Thanks for listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany 90.9 FM. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany.